Welcome to Stop Back and Roll, a podcast about traveling out into deep space to find an ice comet full of little monsters racing and fighting. I'm James. And I'm Brandon. Today we'll be catching up on the Space Between's writing progress and discussing game asset cross-compatibility with Radcrawl. Step back and roll. Been a little while. Yeah. We've been busy. Summer's always such a terribly complicated time for us to manage to get together. Yeah. And <laughs> and and you would think that after five years of doing this podcast, we would remember the 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 time of the week that we record and and yeah. think about that in advance if we, one of us was gonna be on vacation. And then turns out the answer is no. Neither of us can do that. So. It's that in October that we like really yeah. really struggle. Yeah. But we are back. But we did it. We're here. Uh, and uh, that's enough of an episode for today, I think. Yeah. Uh, so, we, you're going to tell me about some Space Between stuff. I just want to jump in. I just okay. want to okay. jump into it. Uh, you're going to tell me about some Space Between stuff, and then we're going to talk about uh, the Rad Crawl game averse. <laughs> yeah. The, the never-ending story of, of Rad Crawl. Okay, but I've made like I've made a realization and a change that I think is going to make everything click together. Okay, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I'm psyched. I, I don't know how much I have to say about a space between other than I did take my laptop you with me. Told me you had stuff to tell me. I, about. I have a little bit of stuff. Um, I took my laptop with me on my vacation, and I tried to spend some time writing. Um, I have a lot, a lot more of these. Um, I have my whole outline in Notion. Um, and a lot more of these outline bits are now uh, pages that have writing in them. Um, awesome. And I was just saying before we started that I've actually like made my way through most of the sections that I have the mechanics really well down for, like choosing a route, choosing, uh, doing character creation, um, what you should, how do you draw cards and stuff like that. I have now yeah. once again hit the how do I end the game section of the book, which needs a little <laughs> bit of a, I need to figure out how that mechanically is going to work. Because uh, that's something I still have not solidified. Yeah. But man, like this, this book is definitely going to need a second pass because I cannot figure out what voice to speak in. And like, I, I don't know if this is a problem with, other yes. kinds of games but like yes. figuring yes. out the, but specifically figuring out the order to tell people how to play the game is like oh okay it's, it seems really hard because when you start to explain it it's like there's a there's like a hunt there's a, there's a dozen things that if i start with this piece it only makes sense in the context of this piece but if i start yeah. there there's a dozen more things and because this game is in is particularly circular it's yeah complicated to figure out what yeah that is that is absolutely true i think that's true for all games and i think a lot of games don't do it especially well yeah um, so i think there's some awards that can be given for the people who've done it the worst yeah but uh i think there's not a whole lot of accolades for the people that have done it the best yeah yeah <laughs> just because like on the best side of things there's so much subjectivity you know and i feel like also it's one of those things where if it's done well, you don't notice it, like like film yeah. editing, um, mm -hmm. where if you read a game book where it's teaching you the game really well, then you almost don't notice that it's teaching you the game. 
have you considered putting a timeline and a really gothy story at the beginning of it? Um, because because my understanding is that's the best way to do it. Like fill like the first like thirty pages with like stories and like clips from newspapers. Not a timeline or clips from newspapers. <laughs> I have toyed with the idea of putting a short story or something in it, but not at the top. <laughs> um, but yeah, for I, anyone worried, that was specifically me dunking on vampire. That if your game also has that, there may, that may have been a reasonable thing to do. Vampire doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, vampire. There were. I read a game. I don't even remember it now, but I read a game in college that the first. It was a. It was one of those big, like hefty, like three hundred, yeah. four hundred page books, and literally the first half of it was all just lore stuff, and it was uh, all in this like awful italics weird font that was incredibly <laughs> difficult to read <laughs> and so it was of like course, it was even it difficult was. to just skim through it to figure out if the thing that you were reading was yeah. necessary it just every every paragraph was a struggle those like traditional style game books are a trip <laughs> like they're they're wild but yeah i mean so i i have a section just to like maybe run through this in this my outline quickly um, yeah, I have a chapter one, which I am tentatively just calling up first, but I'm going to come up with a better title for that. Okay. And that's and that's just a, a a couple pages on what is the space between and then the safety mechanics. So like right up front, just okay. like a, here's here's the themes and and stuff that you're going to be talking about. And here's how to do that safely okay. um, before we and because there aren't a lot of other mechanics. It just felt good to get that stuff out, out of the way first. Um, sure. I am going to have an in-universe kind of description of one of the companies, the company that you work for, but that's going to be probably like a one-page Wikipedia-style article. So cool. it's it's kind of that's and that is really the extent of the lore that I'm going to give people. Uh, I'm intentionally trying to c- kind of create keep that a little bit light to let people make decisions for yeah. themselves. Um, I'm also not anti-lore. I just yeah. You know, it, yeah, w- it would so be my, silly to have a 20-page story at the beginning of your book. My second chapter is called In-Universe. Um, and that's the stuff that's about lore. That's So the, the only two lore pieces that are important are stuff about the company, which is basically <laughs> just to, to reinforce, this is a big ice company that uh, yeah. is bad. They're bad people. Like They send you out, <laughs> they break up families and send them out into space. Um and then the second part, <laughs> second part of the just to just to really say capitalism, space capitalism, bad. Hey, just in case, FYI, yeah, in, and in, just in case anyone didn't catch that. Um, and then the lighthouse, pro- there's, a, there's a chapter on the lighthouse program, which explains because like, the lighthouse program is like essential to the whole thing, and that is also a lot of like, hey, when we send people out into deep space as a as an ice hauling company, oftentimes they. Uh, don't come back or yeah. come back really kind of mentally broken. And so we built this program to solve that rather than stopping to do it. Yeah. We don't want to stop making money. Yeah. And this is an essentially <laughs> free way for things yeah. to maybe improve a small amount. So then I have a section on, then I have the game. <laughs> then I have the biggest <laughs> chapter of my book, which is game rules. Which has things okay. like a character creation section, which is done, um, which goes through like who a kind like because again I'm being very vague about the setting, so it's a lot of like yeah. just 
don't forget that the the universe can be big and weird and wild and make the kinds of characters that you want. And if you want to play an alien, play an alien. Um, yeah. And then like, what kinds of things should you think? All, all of my character creation questions are like, why are you doing this? What do you fear the yeah. most? What is the most dangerous part of your job? How did you meet the person? And none of it's about like, what do you look like? Or what do you do for a living? Um, you do ice for a living. Yeah. Well, for the other person, the lighthouse. <laughs> Um, oh right for the lighthouse and then there's some things on like what do you hope to see what what are your dreams yeah and then it, and then it explicitly called weirdly one of the difficult things was like i have found that phrasing some of these things is very weird like okay i have a there is like the big retirement goal but to say like in a tabletop role-playing game define your retirement goal feels <laughs> really weird to just say outright yeah. Um, yeah i can see that i have actually found that the sections where i break where I break entirely from the in-universe voice and just speak straight to the game mechanics, that has been the part that has felt the weirdest to me. Okay. Uh, which is something that I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. But, like... Because um, I have a lot of, like, weird middle... So I have, like, the stuff that's about the the, the space ice hauling company, and that's all, like, really in-universe. The stuff that's about the, the Lighthouse program, that's in-universe, because that's them as a company saying, here's why we have this program. But then there's yeah. things like, how do you evaluate a, which route? Where are you going to go haul, haul ice from? And those things yeah. are, like, semi-in-universe. They're not, like, really in the voice of the ice-cubed company uh like spokesperson but they are just but yeah. like all of the things that in real life you would be using to just to like to define things are the things that in the game are like the same thing like how much does it pay how long is it going to be to get out there where are you going and stuff like yeah. that and so all of that is sort of in this like middle voice which i found pretty easy to write but then things okay. like that's great the the part where i have to say stop and draw cards that is the part that is like very strange to me trying to get like overly detailed place a finger on card (laughs) well but even just saying like you've made this choice now and so read on the card how many cards to draw that feels really strange Um, yeah probably feels weird to do that so there's that i haven't quite figured out whether or not i want to have a little bits of example gameplay in each section or have a, a big section that has an example mm. gameplay that runs through everything. Yeah. And it could be possible that I want both. Yeah. For for Passion, I'm using both. Um, but, but that's kind of like, you know, PPGA games yeah. almost always have both in there. There's, there's so much that's uh, like presupposed and tied in with PBTA. That has nothing to do with BBTA, but like mm. hitting those same markers help people to understand what's going on because they can use their previous learning. Yeah. So then I have and yours isn't PBTA, so no. you don't need to do that. Well, but it might work. Yeah, certainly. There's I a, a, I, the the other thing that I have that's weird is I have a summary of play section that is just like okay. in plain English explains step by step what you're going to be doing. Yeah. And that also feels really weird to have, but I think will be very helpful because it is sort of this secular gameplay once you start. Yeah, honestly, I think that the gameplay of your game is simple enough that you could almost have like, like, you know, like in board games, they'll have like a piece, they'll have like a card 
that just says like do these things yeah it might uh, be beneficial to especially have since a page like that yeah you know? have a page like that i mean i could even put it on the cards because honestly the oh, true uh, there's going to be a deck of cards so i could just yeah. do that for each deck each person gets a card of one card out of their deck is the description of their specific rules yeah so the things that i haven't written yet are things about the rules around currency and save i so i actually <laughs> here's the thing in writing the rules i stumbled across i should just be calling I, i've been calling it currency because that's like the sort of game lingo that we use yeah and because it's and it was a little tongue-in-cheek because also it's literally money so yeah it's currency but calling it savings makes so much sense that i have just like totally oh because it's supposed to represent yeah. a chunk of your savings and so yeah. you or you get like a couple chunks of savings and then you can spend your savings on things or you can save it um, that's good and so like I, that was yeah. one of those things where just in the middle of writing this over the last couple of weeks i was like oh here is the obvious word for this that i've been struggling to find for years <laughs> i thought about coming up with a currency like space i called i thought about calling them space bucks for a while uh like coming up with a, a goofy space name and then i just thought about calling them generic currency but savings is so yeah good. savings is good savings explains it really well um and then i need to make the the training trip which is the real, which is weird. This is part of the weird. How do you tell people how to play this game? Which is that you mm-hmm. tell, you have to tell people, I think, how to play the generic uh, gameplay cycle. And at the very end okay. of that rules say, and actually here is how you start because it's a gameplay loop. Okay. Where's the on-ramp? And the on-ramp is kind of the last thing you have to teach, I think. Okay. And that, that makes sense. feels weird, but again, that's the thing where if I start by telling you to do these things, you won't know what any of the rest of the stuff means when I tell yeah. you why why it's a training trip. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. There's definitely some weirdness in terms of that with, uh, with lots of games. Because, like, you know, even let's uh, pretend it's BBTA. Do you show the currencies? Do you show the moves first? Mm-hmm. It's like the currencies make no sense without the moves. Yeah. The moves only kind of make sense without the currencies. You got it. You just make a choice on it and hope it helps. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So really the training trip and the the biggest hurdle I really have left is the ending contract, which is just like, how do you how do you end the game? And that's the part that I have very little written for game book wise and very little written yeah. mechanically as well. Um there's also just not a lot of, I mean, I'm not going to say there's not a lot of games that address ending, but endings are not well addressed in RPGs in general. Yeah. Uh, there's there's certainly yeah. uh, exceptions to that, especially in the indie sphere. And it's but, uh, it's such a weirdly core part of the game, too, I think. Like, there yeah, are games that have really endings, but, like, it needs to be more than there's, like, like the For the Queen has, like, a, at the very end of the game you all say whether or not you defend the queen but like i need something more robust than that i need to build out like an actual ending (laughs) yeah so yeah so that's that's been i'm confident you'll be able to do yeah yeah (laughs) so one of the things that i haven't done was i i have different versions of the game uh in notion for every year that i've been working on it because every year i just make a new copy and one okay. of the things that I yeah. didn't do when I moved over from 20 or f- really from 2019 to 2020 was uh, I didn't copy over all the cards. 
for all the oh, like, for okay. the decks because I had spent so much time just fiddling with the cards that I wasn't yeah. writing the rest of the game. <laughs> and so I really said, I'm not bringing the cards over. I'm not even I'm closing the 2019 version. Yeah. And I'm just going to write, because I could write the rest of the game without looking at the cards. And so I'm now yeah. getting to the point where I, I need to maybe bring over the rest of the cards. Okay. And we'll, which, that's cool. It's going to be yeah. a fun change of pace for it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, so I'm actually, great. and then like I was just saying also that like I'm at a point where I need to redo my word counts for how many for each yeah. section and see how many like pages of this I've written just to kind of get a yeah. sense of how big this book is. Um, yeah, exactly. What kind of printing you're going to need and stuff like that. Yeah. If I, if I even, if you do, if print I it. do print it. So, yeah. And then I can get into the layout, which is a whole other bag of stuff that I want to I want to do, but haven't really had a chance to. Well, if it helps, I have become incredibly good at layout. <laughs> okay, that might help I've me made out. I've made four covers, one of which was any good, <laughs> and I've made a card. A couple of them were good, and the card which is, is okay. very good. The card's pretty good, I gotta say. I have a thought on the card. I have a stupid okay. thought on the card. I have a stupid. Uh, wouldn't this be cool but there's no way to actually produce this in a real meaningful sense way uh, okay that i think is interesting uh, should we intro the card yeah i think that I, I think that i've really hit everything that i have to say about a space between other awesome. than i'm excited I'm, for i it. am continuing to work on it and i'm gonna now that even back from vacation i'm gonna continue to try to write this and that's awesome i don't know i think i want to do another round of playtesting just because now okay. i have a beginning and ending um yeah yeah so but i don't i don't know when or how that will happen because i don't know if i'll be ready by metatopia this year at the rate yeah. i'm working very slowly <laughs> so last week we said we were going to talk about diddy kong uh about diddy cobalt racing yeah and not last week the then last episode. Uh, no that was last that was last week last oh week. you're right that was last episode that was two weeks ago which is like a month ago <laughs> Um, it was two weeks ago. People are going to listen to this in the future, and then they won't know that we skipped for two weeks. Okay. You're right. You're um, right. You're, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. forgetting. It was two weeks ago. It was two weeks ago. Thanks. Uh, so I came to a realization that, like, solidifies and nails down Radcrawl, mm -hmm. and also, I think, is really good for Diddy Cobalt Racing, and I'm going to put them into one game. Okay. These are going to be two games, but these are going to be two games Based that have the fully cross-compatible weaponry. Okay. And probably same other items. System. Yeah, exactly. This is this is the new... Yeah, it has... It's the uh, the rad system. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty rad. But it's, very, it's extremely rad. I'm going to kind of start from the rad crawl side of it okay. and build towards Diddy Cobalt Racing. I think that makes because, sense. Because like, the thought process that went from one to the other is kind of what makes this sing for me. Uh, Radcrawl is my roguelike game that you're like fighting in kind of like an arena dungeon and uh, roguelike arena dungeon rad. Yeah. And so the big gameplay loop for the game has been that you need to get items and those items get upgraded uh, when you go back in. So like the next time you go in, the items should be better than the time that you just went in the first time. Right. Uh, and I put together, I think, how I want to make this happen. Okay. And it's because I played some Hades. Yeah. So, in Hades, there are various different boons and abilities you can get, Hades, right? Hades, real quick, let's just say, Hades is a Switch game? 
It's a video game. Yes, it's a video game. Uh, it's on a couple of different platforms, but it is a roguelike game. It's very fun. I just uh, wanted to make sure it, we were. Can, I wanted to make sure people were clear. We were talking about a a uh, a video game and not a tabletop yeah, game. R- right. Hop onto Steam to get it, not onto Itch. Uh, but not that there aren't video games on Itch. Actually, when are we going to get tabletop games on gone. Steam? When, that's that's the question I keep on asking. <laughs> <laughs> that's the new topic of this episode uh anyway yeah we should you want. get different abilities and those abilities have like rarities and when the rarity goes up basically the numbers go up it gets a little bit better and stuff mm-hmm. like that and you can do things that increase the rarity of what you get it isn't like directly one-to-one of like get a bonus that from now on, your rarity is higher. I don't think. There might be. But that kind of clicked in my head. And I realized that what I could do is have it, when you draw an item, it has some rarities on it. Mm-hmm. And each time you get the item, you roll to see what the rarity is. So I've made a little card. Yeah. It is. Good. Uh I have to say, I'm really happy with it. It came out way better than I expected it to. Um, I'm definitely gonna have to make some changes to it, but it'll be uh, it'll be on Twitter. It's on Twitter already, actually. Uh, <laughs> but when you first go into the dungeon, every item that you're rolling on, you're rolling a d6. So you can get like the base ability of the item uh, by rolling a one through a four. Yeah. Or you can roll a five or a six. And get an improved version of that item. Okay. Yeah, yeah. From then, once you've gone through the dungeon, you can use one of your upgrades to upgrade a type of item. So you might go like, you know what? I really like using knives. I'm going to make it so that the knives in the dungeon are better. Okay. From then forward, forever, for the whole party... When you roll for knives, you roll a d8 instead of a d6. Okay. And then you can upgrade the get again to a d10, uh, or and eventually a d12, I think. So basically, when you start the game out, you cannot get the most advanced version of any of the weapons. Okay. And as you go through the game, you're able to start like unlocking more powerful weapons, but it still has to feel like a roguelike. So you do still have to sometimes open up a chest and go like, ooh, I got the... This is just the base, yeah. This is is just the base. And so this is as opposed to, I think there was a version of this game where you had like basic knives and advanced and amazing bonus knives in kind of in equal, not equal parts, but in proportional parts all shuffled into the deck. And the way that you were randomizing it was more about which card you drew. But this is more like, you might have like, five or six or whatever of identical knife cards that you then draw and as you draw them you roll and then that determines you could but they'll probably have different abilities okay so because it's kind of fun to have more different abilities yeah i think still no duplicates um but uh because the version that we were looking at at one point at the, the most recent version you were upgrading the cards specifically and so you could yeah. like writing on the cards and so first off with the difficulty of writing on cards that is a thing that is not easy to do that is a thing that not everyone likes to do yeah 
Um, it also meant that if you got 15 new cards to add to your deck, your deck just got weaker. Yeah. Because you now suddenly oh. have 15 unupgraded cards. Mm-hmm. With this system, if you get 15 upgraded new, if you get 15 new cards, they'll have new abilities. You're still just but as likely. you already, yeah, exactly. You okay. already have the upgraded chance for the rares. So just, to, just to make sure that I understood this, I'm looking at a card that has like a base attack, and then it has a small bonus, bigger bonus, great bonus, and an amazing bonus. So when yeah. I when I draw this card out of the deck because I've looted a room, I roll some die that determine like my my knife percentile or whatever, uh, and exactly. that and that will say, okay, hey James, you your character gets this knife and you've rolled a small bonus, and so you're saying that at some point at the end of the run, I can do things that would upgrade my knife percentage dice or my knife die. Um, to make it easier for me to roll yep. higher things or upgrade this knife specifically. You'd you'd be upgrading you'd be upgrading your chance to get a higher roll on the die. Okay, but am I ever um, re-rolling this knife once I've drawn uh, it in, a, in y- one well, run? Yeah, because next time next time you draw that knife, but only you'll on roll draw- again. Only on drawing. Yeah, each time you roll, you draw each time you draw a card, you roll. Okay. Okay, okay. Um so like uh you might use the same knife in six different runs yeah. at four different rarities. <laughs> or you could not upgrade knives and keep on getting that same knife and rolling a one through four. So yeah. I have two thoughts. Yeah. Um, the first of which is my stupid, impractical, uh, physical thing, which is... Okay. So I'm looking at this card again that has the base attack, a picture, the word of the knife, and then it has... Um, a three to five section for a small bonus, a six to seven section for a bigger bonus, eight to nine, great, and 10 plus amazing bonus. What if you had yeah. a paper sleeve that this card slotted into that had uh, an exposed section for the, the title of the, the thing at the top, for an exposed section for the, like a window for the picture, an exposed section for the base attack, but then you had different paper sleeves for small, bigger, great, or amazing, so that if you you roll and you go okay so i've rolled the small bonus let me get one of those paper small bonus sleeves which has the exposed oh, section slick. at the top and then you would slot it in and then now you can still see all the things but only the bonus that you get and if it was paper you could write on that and not damage the actual card and if you're like that would playing be very cool over say. a couple different days you're not trying to like remember what your bonus was you just got yeah. you have it in a sleeve that's pretty cool. I would love to do that. That is obviously that is yeah, I don't know uh, how you would do that. <laughs> a more complicated thing. I have no idea how you would do that. But uh that would be very cool to be able to do. Um it's so, like the idea is that as like if you roll if you roll the highest level, then you have all the bonuses. Um or you have the highest level of the bonus or whatever it ends up being. Um and so you basically are then able to improve your party's chances on a roll mm-hmm. and you uh you're able to like get new items each time and stuff like that and it's really easy to supplement new cards into your game yeah i like that so you're not you're not resetting the like the strength overall of yeah. your deck you don't nerf yourself by getting new stuff uh because that that doesn't feel good you know <laughs> 
Um, but it also makes it also plays with that same like roguelike space that sometimes you don't roll well. You yeah. know, like you've got uh you've got a you're rolling a twelve sided die every time you pick up an axe and you rolled a two. And so you got the basic axe. And like I think that there will be advancement mechanics in addition to your dice setup. Uh, but that like you as a group are improving your dice setup. Do you, I, I think you're like a an adventuring party that keeps going back in. Are you thinking that this is a game that's gonna have like a gold currency kind of in addition to these items or is, is the loot that you're getting from these dungeons, just the, the, the weapons and armor and stuff. I'm not sure. Um, conceptually, the idea is that you're basically like you're a sports team, right? Yeah. Like you are a team of adventurers and you probably get resurrected when you come back out. You might be swapping out characters sometimes if you don't, don't love your build that you've made. Um, but that you, when you go back in, you're going in with higher chances of getting cool stuff and maybe some new abilities that are individual to your character. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I don't think you're, like, there might be some kind of shop thing that you do, like, a little shop minigame in a, in a room that comes up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that could just as easily be, like, hey, you get some gold and you can either... You can spend some gold to buy a thing. You know what? It it might be worthwhile to have, like, gold that is used for something that isn't super important at the end. Yeah. And also gold that you could then, like, and then that gold can be used at shops inside the dungeon. So here's what I was, why I ask. Um, yeah. To continue talking about video games a little bit. Recently, I have been playing some more Vermintide 2. Um, okay. Which is also a little bit of a roguelike in some ways. Um, yeah. They recently released this Chaos Wastes expansion that's a little bit more roguelike-y. Um, okay. The, 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 the traditional game of Vermintide 2 has you like leveling up wet, o- almost exactly the, the, the break that you just described, where uh, <laughs> the, the standard Vermintide game has you leveling up weapons over, over, yeah. over time. Um, and this has everybody you like you still choose what kind of weapon you want to have so you'll say like yeah. I, w- I would like to play as the knight character and i would like to have a sword and shield um but you mm-hmm. get like a base version of it and what you do is you come across these um like shrines that you spend currency on and okay those what they do is they'll either randomize the type of weapon you have or okay. they will upgrade it. So you can say, I have a sword and shield and I would like it to be better. Or can you re- yeah. re-roll it and possibly get better? Or change the type um, because maybe I decided I don't want to have a, 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 a sword and shield. Um, or yeah. as you move through the as you move through the game, it's a it's a re-roll and it'll give you a whole new weapon, but it's at a higher bonus tier. So you're oh, willing okay. to take yeah. the you're willing to take the random weapon type because it's probably going to be better regardless. Um, yeah. And so and I was thinking it would be cool to let you re-roll, have something in the game trigger a re-roll where on an item you already have, where you like basically you discover like you either either have it be like a sort of in-universe thing of you put the dagger into a, a cauldron and it comes out with a better a better uh, <laughs> a bonus or like you 
walk past um, roses for the first time and it glows and you discover that it had a secret power that you didn't know. Yeah. Um, I, I think definitely there, this is, that's one thing that I'm really liking about this system is that it would be really easy for me to go like, and now your rarity goes up one. And it, and it would you know? also be really easy to have game variants. Too. Totally. Yeah. Um, um, and to, to have things that either are determined by the dungeon mm-hmm. and you're just telling the player like, hey, from now on, X, Y, Z. Uh, or having things where you go like, uh, oh, when you got into this room, instead of finding a weapon, you found a boon and this boon attaches to a weapon. and You slot it right on there and just kind of yeah. hangs out next to the weapon. It would, oh, it would be cool because you could have if you wanted to have a little shop mini game, then that could literally be like flip over the next five items in the deck. And then you don't know what you know what they are, but you don't know what the role will be. And so you'll be risking. Do I pick up this? Do I spend some currency to spend to buy this shield? And it could be a regular shield, but it could be in a secret, amazing shield. Yeah, definitely. Which feels very, that feels very roguelikey to me. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then like the only, the, the difficulty with, currency in the dungeon is making sure that it feels like something mm-hmm. like it, it that it, it doesn't just feel completely useless if you don't like happen to roll a merchant so you need to have some access to merchants yeah and that it doesn't make you go like oh we spent all of our stuff on a shield and then we got a really hard room and we died and now we don't get to advance as a team yeah. you know well that's where like i was thinking the thing about um the Vermintide stuff is so there's a yeah. currency you pick up in game, like as you're moving through the different areas, um, you are collecting gold, and and that's different from how you level. And up. that's different from how you level up. And the yeah. only thing you spend gold on is the shrines. So if you have gold left yeah. over at the end, or or the shops that you run into to buy boons and stuff, like different bonuses. Oh, so it just like rolls over to the next dungeon. It doesn't. No, no, oh, it no, doesn't. no. You so just like have the to spend thing it, that was it so you don't feel bad <laughs> spending it because it's just going to go yeah. away. I mean, I think you carry over That's like probably the way to do you it. You carry over like ten percent or something like that to your next dungeon yeah. run. But really, like the thing is, it's that I never at all. I have never felt like I've never had that moment of thinking, ah, gee, this was not worth it because it always feels yeah. like the risk of or like the 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 possibility of getting a new thing is always worth is the worth risk it. because. It's just you're not going to carry that that gold around, and so you might yeah, as well. And that I think totally makes sense. I think that's the way to make make the gold be yeah. in the dungeon and nothing else. And yeah, agreed. Yeah, because because then at the end you're getting some other advancement. You're getting bonuses that you're deciding however they go. And I don't know, fully yeah. know how those work yet. And those, and, but, then, uh, and then you can have those be the kind of bonuses that are like the upgrade the die you're rolling. Exactly. To improve your stuff or upgrade a, an ability you have, and then in the in yeah. the moment, the gold is just like, can I turn this knife into a dagger? Can I re-roll the bonus yeah. on this dag on this knife? Just I, to I think that's exactly the the next the, room. The goal with that, yeah, totally. I think that, and so like that, I think is making it feel like a roguelike again, as yeah. opposed to feeling like a dungeon delve. Because like then at the end, you're looking like you as your team are sitting there and going like. All right, we can upgrade two dice uh, for our next run. Which ones are we going to up- upgrade? Uh, and then, like, making that choice and, like, potentially getting new character abilities also and stuff like that. Because it will probably, you know, 
there will probably be some kind of character sheet. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Who knows what that looks like? There are something. a lot of things in in Vermintide Two that you could crib to be in Radcrawl because of of that 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 are very interesting yeah. kind of rogue like mechanics. The the one that is always so in in the other thing is there's there are stores you run into and the stores okay. don't sell you items because again all the items are just rolled randomly. Um, yeah. But the kinds of things that you can get are like a mechanical boon to yourself. Or a team-wide thing. And the okay. team-wide things are all over the place. From like the the kind of no-brainers of like, here's a bonus to your damage, or like here's a yeah. we'll reduce the number of of like uh armored villains, or armored rats, or whatever yeah. in the next section. But the one I love is <laughs> and that that I always get in trouble for paying for, is <laughs> it places an extra large monster, like a giant Okay. Monster in the level. Yeah. That has a big reward if you slay it. Oh yeah. That's and so cool. It, That's fun. It lets you know that there's gonna be another big villain. And yeah. it definitely increases the difficulty. Because <laughs> you have to win. But if you do, yeah. you know you're gonna get a big reward. Yeah. Yeah. And like that I think is something that that like having these items taken out from being changed themselves and like having more of a character sheet and having like a crew sheet and like having abilities that are like being tossed on the table. Yeah. I think we'll feel better because you're able to do more wild stuff, you know, and like, it, and if you have like team abilities or yeah. things that affect the whole team, then yeah, you will, then I think that helps that party effect as you're not just random. Definitely. You're not individuals who have, like I, th- I think it's a different kind of game, but like in a world, in a version of this game that has items that you level up, and it's more you're more focused on your items and how they are yeah. advanced and getting experience for your items. And this is more, uh, if you put an advancement into the different things, then it affects the kinds of roles that your ally- allies get, and then yeah. it makes it feel more like rather than four sort of like grizzled mercenaries going into a dungeon, you're more like a team of people going into a dungeon. And that's I think, exactly I think that's what more like what you're looking be. for. Yeah. And I think that I've kind of made the decision that the core assumption is that you're the same characters going back in that like you mm-hmm. will get like dragged out and revivified and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and step back in again. Because that means that, like, you know, you can get better in different ways and you can change and you can start building relationships as you go through. Uh, but, like, also with all of this, there can be new stuff added in. Which brings me to Diddy Cobalt Racing. Okay. So Diddy Cobalt Racing is going to use the same kinds of cards for as many things as I can manage to do it for. Okay. Uh... They will be more like weird, small, strange creature stuff. So it'll be more things that are like, you know, instead of saying like an electric sword, it'll be like a uh, a rat at the end of a stick or like a, a jar of bees. Like, you know, like weird stuff, weird kobaldy, goblin-y stuff, right? <laughs> a blue shell. Uh, but... It will also have those enhancements as it goes along. And the role you are making is based on your placement in the race. 
Interesting. So you're picking up so, new items in the middle of a race. I think so. I think I'm changing to the, I think I'm swapping over to the Donkey Kong, Diddy Kong. Um, okay. Like the Diddy Kong slash Mario Kart method of like, you're grabbing something as you fly by. <laughs> uh, okay. And so that way that gives like that rubber banding. Mm-hmm. That's really mm-hmm. important to those games. Uh, and it means that I get to have things at each of those level of power. So that if you are playing in Radcrawl, you can go like, oh, I have a jar of bees because I also have Diddy Cobalt Racing and like swap things in and out from the different games. <laughs> yeah. And all I have to do is just make sure that I'm using common terminology. Yeah, that's interesting. I like that a lot. <laughs> right? Like, would that be fun? <laughs> I also love that it like it kind of makes... It, it it makes this thing where like yeah you run into a jar of bees in mm-hmm. rad crawl and maybe it's like not a super useful thing but yeah. when you see that when you see that item again when you're later when you're playing the cobalt racing that's maybe a maybe maybe the jar of bees is a very powerful item in in the racing context and i, I right, love that in a like, racing context it's going to like really <laughs> someone driving is suddenly dealing with bees yeah I like the <laughs> recontextualize versus, and then and then the other side of that is like this large warhammer is not going to help me a whole lot while I'm kart racing, and yeah, it's got it's got the heavy tag, and the heavy tag is devastatingly difficult. Yeah. in Diddy Kong, and Diddy Cobalt racing. I like the idea that of 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 a set of items that re- recontextualizes to be different, and I'm that's I'm like loving that concept, and like that way I can build stuff with the possibility of it affecting both Mm -hmm. um it does mean i probably need to come up with like a shared set of stats it might mean that i need to make it more of a DD like Mm. and just go like strength through charisma but like that's not necessarily a terrible thing uh it just means that like you can get abilities that are more weird potentially and that anything can affect either game. Yeah, I wonder if you still if you wouldn't need to. Like if a if, if an item had a like an attack bonus or something on it. Yeah. Is there a way that, that like it that doesn't get in the way of anything in Diddy Cobalt Racing. It's just sort of no, unnecessary. Yeah. And I wonder well, if you, you could you could still be using the Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if if there isn't a way to just sort of like launder some of those mechanical aspects of combat through just language, sort of there narrative narrative are. language. Yeah. Um but like, you know, worst case scenario if those two games become a little more similar, that's that's not the end of the world because what's interesting in Diddy Cobalt Racing versus Radcrawl is different. Mhm. And they are both fundamentally about playing weird sports in your fantasy i was just gonna say it is a little bit like uh the the powers that be today said hey let's do a a running man style competition and then the next Mm -hmm. day they were like all right roll the like roll the the plows through and clear the track (laughs) it's time to in the same dungeon do a do a a race right it's good i like that a lot (laughs) and so and like there's a lot of technology for each of them that would be fun to apply to the other. 
Yeah. Um, like Radcrawl from the beginning, announcers have been a thing in Radcrawl that like the GM is playing an announcer. Yeah. Uh, you could probably apply some of those announcers to Diddy Cobalt Racing. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think there are. I think there are announcers in in racing. That sounds like a thing. There, that's true. Oh, there totally are. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, like some, like you know, what abilities they give and stuff like that might might yeah. work and might not work. But there's no guarantees. <laughs> yeah, and it, it may, it's making me wonder what other games would fit into the greater Radcrawl universe, extended universe. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think I've got a now I'm putting these under like under like the mutant orchid uh, games mm. uh, name just to like have anything that works that can work together stick in that same thing. I wonder if there isn't a uh, like what's the what's the evil scientist or like not Tropico. Um, there's other video games that are like you build a dungeon, dungeon, dungeon keeper. Oh, where like yeah, like du- yeah, like dungeon keeper. I wonder if there isn't like a dungeon building game that That'd then fun. that you play against like fictional roguelike characters, but then also that dungeon that you made is a playable dungeon when you play Radcrawl later. That'd be great. And like, that's kind of what I'm, I'm interested in doing is like, we've spent so much time with like a shared fictional universe with Protean city mm-hmm. that like, now that I'm approaching like, Hey, what if I made my own D and I'm wanting to make something that has that same kind of feel. Yeah. We also uh, like even like as a less sort of tight shared universe in my the Sunday game that I play with some friends. We have a they have a a, a large a sort of I don't even know what to call it, but it's a, a a larger sort of connected universe where a lot of the games we play have shared themes and some of them have shared yeah. characters um, that that show back up kind of like kind of um, kind of Brandon Sanderson's uh, Cosmere style Cosmere. where like some of the gods show up in different places and stuff like that like that's there's something like that that happens in all across all of our games whether we're playing yeah. in, in fate or other systems and and like there's something to be said for just the the ease of the, the utility of reusing materials yeah right like if i decided like oh i want to make a cleric for Diddy Cobalt Racing, which seems really feasible. There should there should probably be some kind of a cleric in there. If I make the themes and concepts of that cleric line up so that you can be a cleric of that same thing in uh or you can find like a shrine to that cleric yeah. in Radcrawl, that's awesome. That's that's yeah, like that's additional cool. world building. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. if someone goes like, hey, forget this guy's lore, I've got better lore, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cuz like we have we had a character who was in in we played a masks game that I ran where the one of the characters played a uh an innocent and their future okay. self was they they're both wizards basically. Not not like Doctor Strange <laughs> wizards but like um uh like Zatanna um Okay, okay. like with a top hat and coattails and a magical and a magic wand kind of wizards. Magicians. Magicians. And <laughs> so that character, the adult version has or a different version of that adult character has shown up in the fate game we're playing, which is more based off of like in the invincible TV show kind of stuff. Okay. Where it's like yeah. it's kind of like rough superhero stuff. Um That's awesome. And and w- like it transported over reasonably well because fate is a pretty 
sort of adaptable game but if they were literally yeah. in the same mechanic mechanical system already that would be very cool it, it's it which is what you're talking you about can like which is basically what i'm talking about doing and then like from there if there's something else i'm interested in pursuing then i'll see how well i can connect stuff you know air races um, air races air races would be cool air races might be able to be done in diddy cobalt racing. yeah that's still racing um but uh but like you know anything that if i if i decide like hey i want to make <laughs> i if i a red time decided that game. i want to, exactly <laughs> if i decided i wanted to go like i really feel like making a if i, I really want to make a group of gods right like if i didn't go super in depth in either game there's no reason i would have gone super in depth necessarily in either game uh making shrines in rat crawl makes sense but also like having characters just like tossed onto the kobold racing characters just go like hey and at the beginning you get to decide your shrine like you know <laughs> yeah kind of who you skyrim follow. style you get a little bonus yeah exactly like why not yeah it's good i like it um and so like i think making viewing this as like a toolbox where each game gives you a different set of tools that you can start to apply to different situations i think is hmm. is really setting my mind on fire yeah i like that a lot and of course with with this once it's done i'm gonna be making sure to set up some like srd style not srd um like ogl style things because i would really like to be able to say like you know hey this is how i go about making an item if you would like to make some items here's how you do it yeah so that people can add additional content if they want to or Anything like that. And then I'm going to bother people and go like, hey, <laughs> I want to use your thing. Yeah. <laughs> make a thing. Make a licensed thing for my game and make yourself some money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do print-on-demand cards. <laughs> They'll, it's a pack of 10 cards. They'll send it in an envelope. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so that's that's kind of where I am with this. Yeah. I I've been goofing around with Affinity. I figured out how to do data merges. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah. It's super it's super cool. That that card you saw with knife on it actually. Yeah. Uh as opposed to the blank one. I did that through a data merge where I put it into a uh just like an Excel sheet, like a just a comma separated values. And it just inserted the value. I may need to pick your brain on that because I have all of all couple hundred of my uh, my uh, <laughs> cards for a space between in basically CSV format, and I would like to put them yeah. into an Affinity card deck at some point. It's it's so easy. It's like it's really easy. I I it took me a little bit of figuring out. But once it's done, it's so easy. Mm. And like mine didn't have any formatting or anything like that because I was just kind of tossing it together. Yeah. But you can format it. You can size it. I think you can set colors. You can put images. It's nice. so simple. Nice. That's all good. I'm going to have images on my cards, I think, at some point. So, yeah. So, so once I've got, once I figure out what to put on like a backer, like a back, I guess actually I don't even need a back, do I? Mm. Um to start for like print and play yeah. i'm gonna need one eventually um oh i'm also gonna put a little symbol to show what source it's from <laughs> yeah like, i saw from that magic I saw the gathering that. they've got the little It'll be there yeah. <laughs> yeah uh that'll be a little logo probably yeah 
I like um, that. Although I, I also am a little torn on whether the back should be different for Radcrawl versus Diddy Cobalt Racing. Mm. And the answer is probably yes. The back could be, I mean, if you wanted to, instead of doing a little like logo to tell you what set it's from, the back yeah. could be the thing that says what set it's from. Yeah. And then if people don't want the the spoiler, <laughs> they could stick it in uh, card pot, uh, card sleeves. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there, there, there's something to be said either way. <laughs> I also just like little uh, the idea of yeah, a little logo I on like there. Too. Even if just because it means I get to make other little logos to put there. <laughs> with all of my no art talent. <laughs> well, do we want to wrap up then? I think we've hit about an hour. and I think so. There's, we might have a slightly short episode today, but I think easing back into yeah, it. Yeah, my brain is still weeks. pretty fried. From trying to yeah. remember how to do my job uh, after a week <laughs> off, yeah. So if you uh, if you have ideas for other things that can happen in the in the Radcrawl extended universe, uh, <laughs> or you really know, or you're like really really good with uh, Affinity Publisher, uh, maybe hit us up on Twitter where together we are at Stop Pack and Roll, and individually I am at and the Meltdowns. And I'm B. Leon Gambetta. We've been doing this podcast for years. Yep. You can find all of our episodes in iTunes, Spotify, or at www.stophackandroll.com. We make this podcast the support of our Patreon backers, people like Daniel Hyatt, Devin Preston, Greg Walters, Devin White, uh, The Flying Minotaur, Rogue Schindler, Penny Von Batavia, Aaron Acevedo, Itate, Iterate Onwards, and Brett Voles. If you'd like to support the show on any of our future shows, then check us out at patreon.com slash tophackandroll. If you can't support us financially, consider joining our community and supporting us by being a part of the stew that is Stop, Hack, and Roll. Come tell us about the games you're working on. Join our Discord at tinyurl.com slash shrdiscord or discord.stophackandroll.com. So as you're designing a single mechanic to use in every game going forward for the rest of your designer career, Don't forget to stop, hack, and roll.